everybody and welcome to the technical area your weekly football manager podcast brought to you by me your host gaffer Gramo, once again a quiet weekend at the top of english football but not necessarily a quiet weekend of football everywhere you look whether you're absorbed in the african cup of nations you're looking at the tacit of portugal final Wherever it is that your eyes may be drawn this weekend, we still have plenty of football to keep us entertained. Once the laptops or computers or whatever device it is you play football manager on has been put away. Bit of a different week for me, getting back into a bit of variety with the football manager that I am playing. I found my way back to playing um, FM Touch from 21 a little bit during the week. Just you know, due to time pressures and different little bits and pieces like that. So as a result, there's not an awful lot of progress we made in the Utrecht save. We're still kind of in the early stages of the season. We still haven't made it into the group stage yet of the Europa Conference League. But uh, we had a strong first leg showing against FCSB. So hopefully now we go away to Bucharest to play the away leg. We can have a strong showing and you know get ourselves into group stages and competitive European football properly. I do have a blog written. There's just images to be added in, a few little revisions to be made. So keep your eyes peeled for a release at some point early into next week. Now this week, what we are doing is we are looking at fullbacks. And in particular, as you can see by the title of this episode, we are talking about inverting the fullbacks or inverting the wingbacks. Something we've seen an awful lot happen this season is a lot of attention and a lot of focus being made to especially the top two in the Premier League and how they use their fullbacks. Liverpool, of course, have been famous for how they've used Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson in the build of play and in the final third over the past number of seasons. While Pep, of course, revolutionised fullbacks, you could say, in the modern sense, while at Bayern Munich, and are now seeing how Cancelo move into the same category as Philip Lam, David Alaba, and even as well as with Kyle Walker to an extent and how he was used at times during his City career so far. So what we'll do is we're going to get into a chat and I'm just going to really explain what it is and where wing back is. Why we should be using them, how we should be using them. But of course, a few little drawbacks that do go with keeping your team built with these types of players. Now the big thing is of course with fullbacks, we always have to hark back to the quote. That no one grows up wanting to be a Gary Neville, as Jamie Carragher once said. With many fullbacks at one point in time being seen as either failed centre backs or failed wingers. What we saw though at the 2002 World Cup, you could say, was a revitalised position. A position that the whole world began to take notice of and realise it was totally undervalued. Brazil marched to victory in South Korea and Japan. Cafu, Roberto Carlos at either side, we all fell in love with the marauding and attacking play, both of those fullbacks, wingbacks, whatever description it is you want to use of them. Whatever, they were the ones who supposed to made us fall in love with the positions all over again. Now when I get into the podcast and all the different bits and pieces, just to let you know, I did do my research, I did do an awful lot of reading, and so as a result... If you want to go and read a little bit more about these positions, how to use these types of players, you can check out the links below. Credit where it's due for a lot of the 
information I got for the pod here today. Now what we've seen over recent years is an interchangeable use of the terms fullback and wingback. Often we have an idea of a fullback and wingback having different, you know, roles, different functions, and I suppose teams having a different setup as well. With a fullback, traditionally, what we saw was kind of a supportive player from the right-hand side of defence, or the left-hand side of defence. A player who played either side of a back four, who was very conservative with her passing, very conservative with her movement. With a wing-back, what we often saw was a wide defender in a three-centre-back system. So a player who would fulfil the defensive duties of a full-back, while also contributing to the attacking phase in the way a winger would. Having a three at the back system pushed the fullbacks on a little bit further to contribute further in the final third. What we need to understand though with fullback and wingback is they are a position. And when we start talking about inverted fullbacks, inverted wingbacks, we're talking about a role. Because both of these roles will perform very similar tasks and duties to the traditional roles we see with fullbacks and wingbacks. Because in tr- the traditional fullback was like this Carolero in midfield. At the side of defence, a shuttler up and down the flank. In modern fullback, now what we're seeing is someone overlapping with great pace, a player with great stamina and passing range, an ability to cross on top of all of the defensive duties they do have to perform. A modern fullback, you could say, has the aggression of a traditional wingback. So, what we're seeing now is fullbacks on either side of back four is almost becoming wingbacks in a back three and what we'd seen before. When we invert the fullbacks, or when we invert the, the wingbacks, what we get is a player who defends the flanks, but moves inwards centrally when in possession, to move in alongside the defensive midfielder. They either overlap or underlap to provide additional offensive support. So think of Bayern Munich, and that team where Lam, Philip Lamb was at right back, and David Alaba was at left back. These are almost like two centre midfielders playing at fullbacks. They're presence in the teams, their roles, the duties they performed in that Bayern team have helped evolve the role of a fullback to this inverted wing, to this inverted position. Because in possession, we saw that these players, whether it was Lamb, Alaba, or now in the modern sense, what we're seeing are players with more responsibility to build attacks from deep. We're seeing players who are more active than passively than passive in a team the way fullbacks would have been in the 90s and noughties. And in that Peps team, Lamb and Alaba inverted a 4-3-3 to turn it into a 2-3-2-3. So what we're seeing now is a growing trend of fullbacks varying their attacking runs to the inside, with these inside runs onto the opposition as much as we saw them previously on the outside. Whether discussions are taking place about whether certain players should play in midfield or defence, and Trent Alexander-Arnold is just the latest. What we're seeing this season is a more inverted role and an inverted type of movement from him. That the crossing comes from more central areas and he likes to hit these kind of inside channels. But Trent, of course, is just the latest fullback, the latest wingback to emerge into this inverted role. If you look at Guy to FM, the inverted intelligent in football manager, the inverted wingback will function defensively much like a standard fullback or wingback. The inverted wing back, when there is a player ahead of him and no more than two defensive midfielders, 
will attempt to drift inside and create space for players around him. If there are no players in front of the inverted wingback, then the inverted wingback will look to support attacks in a more traditional manner. Where there is, he will look to affect play in the middle of the pitch as much as possible. So what we're seeing here is a case of the role being varied and the role having much different functions depending on the total setup of your team. If you're just playing with one defensive midfielder, the inverted wing backs will move either side to form this kind of three defensive midfield screen in front of your two centre backs. Without those two, if there was two players in the middle, again you move inside to kind of create this tight four. If no wingers are on the team or you've no inside forwards, then the inverted wing back will continue to provide width in the attacking third, but will move inside if a player drifts out there. So inverted fullbacks allow more attack-minded players then as a result in front of them to focus more on their strengths, to focus more on their attacking duties. Because if you're playing a 4-3-3, those two center those two inverted fullbacks, inverted wing backs will tuck in beside the DM. I mean you've got three DMs essentially in your team. So you have the two centre midfielders you may play in front, you can allow those two players to be a little bit more aggressive with their attacking movements, their attacking runs, their attacking roles and duties. With inverted fullbacks and wingbacks in your team, you will ensure control and superiority of the central regions, and you will create space for the wingers to operate, because there will not be a second attacking player really trying to occupy or support them in the same areas. With two inverted fullbacks and inverted wingbacks behind two central midfielders. You're creating triangles with those two eights and the wingers in the attacking phase. Of course, as we spoke about last week in the 4-3-3, the presence of triangles in a team is seen to be vital in terms of controlling the ball, moving the ball, You know, and it's an essential um, pillar of the total football philosophy. So having inverted fullbacks and wingbacks could contribute to the development of your version of total football if that's the angle or direction you're looking to move towards. Because the evolution of your side and the evolution of this role will harness the increasing technical ability of players that we are having in modern football. Because highly technical midfielders, for example, Delph and Zinchenko at Manchester City, they adapted to the roles with ease. So we're seeing now central midfielders become fullbacks very, very easily. Because the nature of these inverted roles harnesses the strength of these players. Think of Trent Alexander-Arnold's ability on the ball again. I know there's a lot of bias here, but as a Liverpool fan, it's a player I watch an awful lot. Because with Trent, his ability on the ball, alongside Andy Robertson's ability on the ball, they've able to increase their crossing supply from the half spaces. They're able to make insightful and incisive runs with central midfielders such as Jordan Henderson or at the start of the season we saw Harvey Elliott drifting out to the wide players and crossing more from these wide areas. And then the way Liverpool play with say Sadio Mane or Mo Salah on the wings, these wide players like to cut and drift inside. So it's almost to an extent if those two eights in the team become wingers to an extent, they drift out wide. The if inverted wing back is inside kind of creating a lateral or backwards diagonal to most of the time um, passing option where the inside forward, the inverted winger is then making a forward diagonal movement to create another passing option so really fulfilling that triangle there if you are looking to bring inverted fullbacks and inverted wingbacks into your team there are key attributes that you have to be aware of 
and it's a case of if you're looking to retrain players it's very easy just to go into the search screen and you can see which role which attributes are very very strong or need to be strong for a player to succeed in this role overall it's really it, the player's technical ability on the ball their ability to switch the ball between phases of play so they're passing really there you're looking at stamina as well to cope with the recovery runs with the ability to move and shuffle up and down the pitch consistently if you're looking for player traits dictates tempo and stops play would be very 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 important to either train into these players or to have already present if you're looking to play inverted fullbacks with a more defensive mentality you're looking to traits such as runs with ball rarely and stays back at all times being present in their little kind of repertoire of skills if you want to be a bit more you know adventurous with support or attacking duties cuts inside is ideal and then a bit more attack minded of course arrives late in opponent's area gets for forward whenever possible gets into opposition area likes to switch ball to do their flank moves into channels plays one twos runs with balls often runs with balls through the center tries to get our balls tries to play away our trouble tries tricks you're kind of really looking for players who like that have late movement run centrally you know it's a lot of kind of movement focus movement oriented and then simple passing kind of things to an extent as well when you look at the one twos or then if you want to be a bit more aggressive like that tries killer balls often the common misconception when it comes to inverted fullbacks and inverted wingbacks is that there is a necessity for them to play on their the flank opposite their strongest foot so right foot are playing on the left and a left foot are playing on the right that is not always the case there is no necessity for this to happen Now, when you set up with inverted fullbacks and inverted wingbacks, what will it look like? What will your team look like? Well, in the attacking phase, when you have possession of the ball, the inverted fullback becomes an interesting player. Because what they do is, they, like we said before, they move into the spaces either side of the defensive midfielder. The wingers are able to move wide to, to the create and create spaces that are not congested. The centre midfielders either side of the DM can occupy the half spaces in front of the inverted fullbacks and inverted wingbacks. So most often you're playing with two eights in this instance. So Mazal is more than likely. And then with the inverted fullbacks moving to either side of the DM or aggressively running into the channels between the eight and the, the winger, depending on the role and uh, the duty, the mentality it is you've given them. Inverted fullbacks will provide midfield cover to allow more attacking players more freedom to push forward. So if you want to play with like these attacking Mazalas, if you want to play with wingers on attack, having inverted fullbacks kind of on the support duty are ideal in this instance here. They will provide more passing options in midfield as they occupy high and narrow positions. But wide players then, what you want to do is you want to look for them to put low crosses into the box. Because with attacking wide uh, players pushing forward more from their two eights and potential for inverted fullbacks or wingbacks progressing centrally, you can create huge overloads in the middle. So low crosses would be ideal to create absolute chaos in the middle of the box. The inverted fullback, the inverted wingback, they will provide an overlap. And they can provide an overlap, but primarily they will attack the half space in the underlap. Transitioning then, how will they look if you're transitioning to attacking phase or defensive phase? 
you have a midfield overload created, which eases your ability to initiate man-oriented press if you're out of possession, and then deny space centrally. Defensively, what the inverted fullback and the inverted wingback will offer you are two key factors. An ability like that to press well through the alliance in front of them and then occupy key spaces to create overloads throughout the pitch. Inverted fullbacks, inverted wingbacks can engage the press alongside the defensive midfielder quite quickly. However, out of possession, how do things look? Because if you've got two inverted fullbacks, inverted wingbacks, what you have is a defensive line of a 2-3 shape. Two central defenders, two inverted wingbacks or inverted fullbacks in front with the defensive midfielder. They are perfectly positioned to prevent counterattacks. What happens is, because they've tucked in, they have open space either side of them for the opposition wingers to exploit. And if one of these spaces is exposed, or one of these inverted fullbacks or wingbacks is exposed, the importance of defending falls on the unit as a whole and not on the individual. So if you see a winger hitting that space, what you then have to look at is not how this one player reacts, but how the whole unit itself reacts to this situation. In the defensive phase, the inverted fullback will operate just like a traditional fullback. Narrow central sitting as well if play is developing on the other flank of the pitch. So if the left-sided player is forced to move out into a wide position, what you will often see as well is an inverted fullback and inverted wingback tucking in almost on the right side to make a right-sided centre-back. If you want to build your team around inverted fullbacks and inverted wingback roles, well, I might have said last week that I'm trying to avoid it, but 4-3-3 is the ideal team shape. Because what happens with a 4-3-3, I can't, you know, again, continue to offer its praises and applauds and all this stuff. What it really does is it maximises the spaces in which the inverted fullback and inverted wingback can operate. Build a play is based on the numerical superiorities you're creating all over the pitch. And then you've got a very, very, very important decision to make about who plays in your six, as your six, who plays as your defensive midfielder. Because you need a proficient defensive midfielder because it's vital to the structure of the system. And then what happened is that single pivot they offer becomes a three-man pivot when the inverted wingbacks tuck in. They'll create passing options to build player from the back. It's beneficial when playing through the press that you've got players in these half spaces alongside the DM. And then what happens is with this three-man pivot created with your DM, it aids the releasing of players further forward with more security behind. In front of your DM, then, you've got to consider how your eights, how those two centre midfielders will play. Because what you need them to do in this system is to find pockets of play to, and uh, pockets of space to operate and play. So you're looking at Mazal as ideally here. The centre midfielder support and the centre midfielder attack will also work as well. It just it's a case of tweaking certain um, instructions to make it work for you. Midfielders will make the overlap runs on wide on the wide player, while the fullback attacks the space created by the midfielder who has drifted outwards. So, like we said, that little wrap around Liverpool had at the start of the season when Trent Alexander Arnold drove into the middle, Henderson or Harvey Elliott, whoever was on that right hand side, would move out almost to the touchline, and then Salah would push and tuck in forward, creating a nice little triangle on the right side of the pitch. Wingers in in inverted fullback, inverted wingback, 4-3-3 system are quite isolated. 
and that's can be quite challenging to bring them into the games and have them really you know be effective what you are doing by isolating them is you are giving them plenty of space to operate they're able to play really wide because what happened is with inverted fullback or wingback will drag an opposition wide player inside as well so it's a case of not only will the inverted fullback or wingback not come up and congest space further forward they'll also take an opposition player inside the pitch as well so while this winger provides the width the winger can pull the fullback wide and that then will create a channel a space for your central midfielder to attack so you're creating these channels the whole way through so whether you're eight offers an overlapping run or an inside run into that channel between the fullback and center back your winger is creating that space for them there at the tip of the 4-3-3 is the striker the number nine and the thing is with this number you can have plenty of variation with this role it just depends on the players you have available and how it is you want to play if you look to play with an advanced forward a target forward or a poacher you're looking to continually stretch the line and be a player bursting beyond the lines an outlet for the wingers to put the ball in behind the opposition if you look to a bit more of a conservative or deeper role like a false nine a deep line forward or even a trek artista to an extent you'll continue to provide an outlet in the space in front of the opposition defense rather than stretch the line so if you're looking to be to play one of these you know deeper lying forward roles this deeper nine you've got to then look and understand and see where are the runs beyond the opposition backline going to come from? Who's going to make the run in behind? Who's going to be this outlet for the ball over the top or this cross that I'm going to put into the box? Obviously, we have to be very considerate of the central defenders at the base of our 4-3-3. And one catch is how they can be exposed by the inverted fullbacks or wingbacks pushing forward. So a more conservative defensive midfielder Will help to correct this by becoming an extra body in the back line a real deep screen think fabinho again at liverpool i don't keep referring to liverpool but like i said it's the team i watch the most think of how he operates in front of that back line and how disjointed liverpool looked without him you do need two central defenders who are capable of playing and being comfortable on the ball you need like that a leader almost at the back being able to organize and of course a proficient sweeper keeper as well will also help ease any pressure there however if you're operating with inverted fullbacks inverted wingbacks you have to ask yourself the question when you see the opposition team report how do you deal with this three-man up top setup that they may look to use to stretch your line so what this does is it really highlights the importance of checking those pre-match scout reports to understand how your inverted fullbacks wingbacks will perform and if you know if it really is a good idea in the game you're going into it's very important to understand the opposition so if you're lining up in this 4-3-3 how are you going to operate against a 4-2-3-1 a 4-3-3 or another side playing a three at the back system but if you're going to begin to 4-2-3-1 you're going to have significant issues in creating passing lanes centrally inverting the fullbacks can disrupt the defensive shape but the passing lane for the central defender to progress the ball into midfield you've got a 10 behind the striker so it's a case if you already have one man pressing those three in the middle with so you've got to look and see you know is this really a gamble i'm willing to take against another 4-3-3 the very very interesting question presents itself your six has the ability then to come from deep pivot to become the advanced pivot your number six could essentially become a number 10 
in the, if you're playing against a fellow 4-3-3 system. Because the inverted fullbacks will succeed best if the 6 is a case of either drops deep behind them to form a pivot behind or moves in front. So you've got to see how are you going to play your inverted fullbacks against this 4-3-3 and how is your 6 going to play. If you're going up against a 3 at the back system, against a 3-4-3 three, three, you've got the perfect conditions for overloading and finding space. So if you see the opposition lining up in a 3-4-3 three, three, you've got the perfect perfect setup for you to unleash your 4-3-3 three, three with inverted wing backs or full backs. Against a 3-4-2-1 or 3-4-1-2 however it's not ideal because the central channels are intensely occupied and the wing backs the channels your wing backs need to operate are vacant. So all of a sudden, your team can be very, very exposed if their team is playing with one or two tens, one or two central attacking midfielders behind the striker. As a game develops, it's very, very important to analyse and look at how your opposition is using the fullbacks. Because if they're playing aggressively, you'd want to put underlaps on. Now I asked the community if underlaps, if inverting wide players or narrowing the attacking shape is the best way for you to narrow a team and 60% of the votes came in and they said the best way to they the most common approach people use to narrow a team's attacking width is actually just to use that slider it's not to use player roles but if you're looking at an opposition using fullbacks playing aggressively underlaps can become very very important then as well so although you may not be inverting the fullbacks or the wingbacks here Putting underlaps on with a standard role could be the key to success here. Because with underlaps on and aggressive opposition fullbacks or wingbacks, there's a bigger space between the opposition centre-back and the fullback, which is right for your forwards and your, even your fullbacks to an extent, and your centre midfielders to use. And we, of course, that's the space we want our teams to find and exploit. Now, if my opponent is playing with a defensive fullback, then, you know, questions do need to be asked. But if my opposite opponent is playing with defensive midfielder on a defensive mentality, or like a real kind of bottom-heavy system where they're parking it, overlaps become ideal in this case. So it's a case of that's where we really need to look and really stretch the back line. So instead of narrowing our system, we need to be aware that there are times where we may need to just open the pitch right out. I'm watching, you know, extended highlights, you know, kind of not just looking at the key highlights. That will help you find this happening more and more often. You'll be able to see it and know how to react then. Because when you have this block at this low block at the back, the best way to dislodge it, one of the best ways is using width. Underlaps will just see us play through congestion in the middle of the pitch and have a bad time. So it's a case that we need to understand like that. Analyze the middle of the pitch, how it's a defensive midfielder operating analyze the fullbacks are they sitting deep and then realize right we need to stretch the play and open up the pitch in the middle when it comes to overlapping and underlapping we need to ask questions we need to understand is it a case of are we going to are we going to stretch the pitch are we going to look for these narrow pitch and then once we do that once we realize we want to narrow how we're playing we then have another question to ask and it's that do we invert or do we underlap now, if you invert your wide players in the forward areas of the pitch, the two most common roles would see used are inverted wingers or inside forwards. 
Inside forwards will cut in from the flanks and run directly at the opposition's defence, while an inverted winger will aim to frequently cut inside into the attacking third and open up space for the overlapping fullbacks to subsequently overload retreating defenders. If you want to use an underlap, what you're doing is you're instructing your players on the wings to hold up the ball and rather than wait for a player to arrive from deep with an overlapping run, you're instead looking to use it for a team to make an inside run beyond the player that has the ball. So, so if the opposition fullbacks are playing aggressively against me, and they're leaving plenty of space on the laps, like we said. Because like that, it's opening up the pitch for us. And if they're playing defensively, on in inverting is not the idea here. It's not a good idea here. And neither is narrowing the team width or using underlaps. We also have to consider the qualities of the players we have in roles and duties in our tactic. Because underlaps require there to be a good inside movement in the first place to work effectively. It won't work well if you have nobody from midfield breaking forward or nobody on the flanks attacking from the box. Moreover, if your fullbacks and wingers are poor passers, they might pass it to an opponent in a bad area. So overlaps will work if your fullbacks can cross and you have players in the box who can profit. Otherwise, they'll be purely to stretch the play. You'll see the ball going through from wide areas to central areas and nothing happens. But if you use underlaps, your fullbacks will still cross when the chances are provided. So overlaps can be useful of uh, pushing your fullbacks on. And a fullback support can get more attacking with an overlap instruction without being entirely gung-ho. Underlaps will do the same, but you have to have, will have an effect on the passing direction of your team. So underlap when you want to drive play inside, overlap when you want to drive play out. That's a quote from Rashidi straight away from the FOM forums and you can't disagree with that simple piece of advice, that simple summary there. Because what the overlap does is tell the 